Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I got the Panthers in this one. This is one of the reasons why I'm 10 games up on you. Uh, you, you will see me doing this multiple times on Sunday. Look right. into the camera. Right. Look into please, the screen. Please. Coming from my Open studio, it up cause... for real, too, so I can see that hairy chest with those pecs. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that is not an actual photo. I am much hairier. <laughs> no, that. you're not. Uh, you're not that hairy. I can't, I can't imagine. I don't see hair on your arms or anywhere else. Yeah, you're not a hairy no. guy. Not you, you know, it's funny what's happened right across the top. It's all gone white. So it looks like I have no hair wow. across the top of my chest. It I would love to see that white. I'd love all to white. see that. And of course, I, well, know... I could zip it down and pull it open and show you. But we don't want to lose viewers right off the. Yeah, you jump. don't have the guts to do that anyways. And I mean, since you don't go in your pool ever for two years in a row, I mean, who knows the last time that chest has actually seen the sun. Um, but. If you were Superman last week and that disrespectful freaking comment you made about why you're up in the standings, then I guess I'm Batman, right? Because Batman beats Superman. So suck it, Florio. <laughs> but, but, but wait, but wait, you gained no ground on me last I know, week. But I won that we disagreed one. <laughs> on six games and oh, it's back again. We disagreed on six games and we split. That's annoying. The, it's a little early for the Christmas lights. It's only December second. Come on now. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's at always. least it's not November second. But but uh, eight and seven straight up. Uh, that's good job. You over. Christmas. I'll tell you what. Florio, ho ho ho. I like that. <laughs> I was making the weird science reference again, but let's let that go. Seven and eight against the spread. Two and one best bets. At least we are doing. You know, sixty six. Point six 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 infinity percent on the best bets. That's not bad. I still lead in all categories. Only three games straight up, but ten game no ten games straight up. Three games against the spread and one game, one measly game best bets. All right, yep. let's get to it. Let's get to We've it. We've got fourteen games this weekend. Four teams on a buy. I think this is the last weekend for the buys. I think so. We'll be back to sixteen games every week. Oh, there's still one more week of buys, and then. Weeks 15 through 18, no buys. All right, let's get to it. We say hello tonight to the Cowboys at the Saints. Cowboys, five-point favorites, 47.5 over under. We reported last night no Alvin Kamara. Reports today the starting tackles for the Saints won't play. Taysom Hill will be the starting quarterback. A lot of the Cowboys are back. Demarcus Lawrence is back. Amari Cooper is available to play. C.D. Lamb is back. Cowboys have lost three of four. Saints have lost four in a row. Something's got to give. Who gets the win, Chris? Yeah, oh, I'm going with the Cowboys here. I can't possibly pick the Saints right now with just the, the litany of problems you just talked about. Now, I mean, I know they're going to fight hard and, ha you know, 
give some issues. There's still, you know, a lot of quality things about the Saints football team where their defense is still really good. But I'll, like, kind of say what I said to you on the show today. You know, first off, yeah, weapons being back. We don't know about Amari Cooper, but the pass game certainly showed life in the second half of the football game last week against the Raiders on Thanksgiving and got going. Run game, I'm not sure if that's going to get going this week against this Saints defense. I'm not. You know, but I also look at it a little bit to where – you know, I, I just can't imagine the Saints consistently moving the ball all night long. Now, I think what I look at a little bit is just to go the Taysom Hill factor and the fact that we haven't seen him play quarterback whole, all year, I do think gives the Saints a little bit of a schematical advantage there. You know, I do think there is something to that. You know, I, I do think, again, the psychological element I'll, I'll go into a little bit is the Cowboys, I, I believe, still think – they believe they're a good team, that they're a Super Bowl team. I don't think the Saints have that belief. I think they're desperate, but like not sure if we're really good. Cowboys are de- desperate and are like, we haven't been playing our best, and we are really good. Um, I do think the Saints, for some reason, on a Thursday night, are going to kind of keep it close. I'm not going to pick Dallas to cover the spread. I don't know why. I'm just going to go gut-feeling, weird Thursday night, Taysom Hill curveball at quarterback, kind of keeps it a little closer than it should be. And I'm going to go 27-23, uh, 27-24 Cowboys in this one. Wow. Yeah, that that's gutsy because I think the Cowboys, this is going to be one of those reestablish themselves kind of a game. The Saints, the spirit's willing, the flesh is weak, the team is overmatched. Big game for both teams. And we saw the Saints just a week ago at home lose 31-6 to to the Bills. I don't know that it's going to be quite that bad, but I do think the Cowboys cover the five-point spread. I think that that is one of those, it's a little bit too light because of where the Cowboys are and how they're going to try to get themselves back on the right footing they need in order to continue what had started as a special season but has has really hit the skids in recent weeks as they've gone one and three. So I've got 30 to 21. I think we're going to see balance in the running and passing attacks from the Cowboys, even though that Saints defense is not a slouch. It's not going to be enough to overcome the pressure that's placed on the offense with Mark Ingram as the lead dog at tailback. Without Kamara, the tackle's out. They don't have a great receiver. We talked about that earlier yep, today. No and Taysom Hill at quarterback with the foot injury that may not be fully and completely 100%. I think the Cowboys win. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. And cover. Yeah, I don't doubt your logic there. I don't. I don't. I'm just, again, I think the Cowboys win. I just going a little bit gut feel that the Saints gut this out and make it a little closer than it should be. Let's get to Sunday then. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a rematch with the Falcons. The Falcons have managed to win enough games that they are on the fringes of playoff contention, but they are 10.5-point home underdogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 50.5 over under. That is the highest of the week. The Bucs have won two in a row. They covered last week. That was one of our best bets, them covering at Indianapolis. We know they're not as good. They're not as crisp. They're not as sharp away from home. But this is the place where Tom Brady's won a Super Bowl against a team that he beat for a Super Bowl. This this just feels like a check for the Bucs as they continue to push for the one seed, Chris. Yeah, I agreed. And, you know, this might be one of my best bets. I don't care. The 10.5 points is not going to scare me here. Not enough. I mean, we know Atlanta with Cordell, Cordero Patterson, they are a better offense. We saw that last week. There's no doubt. But the offense has still got issues. I mean, get off to a hard, hot start against Jacksonville last week and really then can't do anything uh, you know, for the whole second half of the football game for the most part. Now, the defense, 
hey, they play hard. There's just not enough talent on that Atlanta defense. The Bucks, to me, would just overwhelm them in too many different areas. You know, first off, I don't think the Atlanta Falcons have any chance of blocking that Bucks defensive front. You know, the Bucks are getting a little bit better in pass defense. I don't know if we're going to see Carlton Davis uh, or uh, yeah, Carlton Davis, right? Uh, what the hell am I thinking? Yeah, yeah, yes. Carlton Davis tonight or this weekend. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I, I still think they just are too talented on both sides of the football. I don't envision Atlanta and that defense slowing down the Bucks a whole lot. You know, I think the Bucks might have found something with their run game a little uh, last week. Gronk being in the lineup, you could see how much it changes their offense the last two games. I go Bucks 34-13. See, I think that the Falcons will keep it close. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons actually pull the upset. This is a baby splitter for me because of the fact that the Falcons have shown some fight this year from time to time. And they do know the Bucks personnel and coaching very well. And I know that Arthur Smith is still in his first season, so he doesn't know it quite as well as he would if he'd been there for a while. But I like what I think the Falcons will be able to do between using Kyle Pitts in the passing game, Cordell Patterson running and passing, Matt Ryan knowing a thing or two about how to deal with Tom Brady and company. I think it stays close enough. It's 27-20. I don't know that I'm ready to make that a best bet, but I think the Falcons can keep it to seven. The Bucks still win, but the Falcons keep it to seven derailing a bit their playoff hopes, but further cementing Tampa Bay's push for the division title and, more importantly, the number one seed. All right, let's move on to the next game, the Cardinals. Going back to Chicago, one of the places that they used to call home before St. Louis, it was the Chicago Cardinals. Seven and a half point favorites against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Over under a 44 and a half. We expect to see Kyler Murray. We don't know if we're going to see Justin Fields. Do we think that the Cardinals come out of their bye week with a big win, Chris? I do. I expect them to win the football game, surely. I mean, the one thing I guess I'm a little wary about um, is just rustiness from Kyler Murray. You know, again, we've seen it from other great quarterbacks this, this year. It's just hard to come back after a period of time without playing, maybe not extended practice time, to where you can be hitting all cylinders go. Now, he did have a bye week. Uh, maybe he got some extra reps in during the bye week and then, of course, this week into practice. But Cardinals are, without a doubt, one of the best teams in football. You know, I, I know the Bears can run the ball a little on the offensive side of the ball. But, man, the Cardinals, they're very exotic on defense. They do a lot of different things. I think their scheme is too complicated for the Bears' offense. I think the Cardinals' defense will be able to break down the very simple pass offense of the Bears, which will allow them to overplay the run game and slow it down that way. And the Bears defense right now is not the Bears defense. You know, they're banged up. They're beat up. You know, they got issues. It's not a dominant side of the ball uh, like we've seen maybe early in the year or other years there to where I just think the Cardinals, they got a little everything to offer you on offense. It doesn't matter who they play. They can kind of adjust and figure it out. I go 31-21 Cardinals on the road. Yeah, I got 34-20. Look, we saw the Bears beat the Lions last week. The Lions are not exactly a measuring stick at this point, other than if you're measuring how bad you are. And the Bears had all that dysfunction. The way they bungled the reporting about Matt Nagy being told on Monday he was going to be fired after the Thanksgiving game. Apparently that wasn't true. Why didn't they shout it from the rooftops? Just a strange, strange turn of events for the Bears last week. And it's indicative of the dysfunction that envelops the organization right now. I think we're going to see there's a big difference between the Cardinals and the Bears, and it's going to play itself out on Sunday, and the fans are not going to be happy. 
The Cardinals come home to Chicago and get a 34 to 20 win, and they move to 10 and two, and they may be the team to really watch as the number one seed in the NFC. Chris. No doubt. Next up, the Chargers traveling to Cincinnati. The up and down Chargers don't know what we're ever going to get from them. The Bengals are at home after winning two in a row. They blew out the Steelers at three point favorites with an over under of 50. Do you like the Bengals to make it to three in a row? And almost as importantly, do you like the Bengals to cover the three-point spread? Well, I, I, I do both. I do. I'm going with the Bengals here. You know, I've loved the, you know, they had a lot of positives, of course, before the bye, the bye week. You know, I know they kind of went, went, went into the bye week on a sour note, but I think they self-scouted themselves and realized what their best way of winning football is. You know, defense has been very good. There's no doubt about that. You know, they've, they've changed it up or haven't been as predictable the last two weeks on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's what's really helped them there. You know, offensively, it to me is the key is the, just the run game, the run attempts. They're best when they have rushing attempts. Doesn't necessarily mean they got to run for 120 yards with Joe Mixon, but to me they're not as good when it gets into Joe Burrow throws it 45 times a game. That, that's when it becomes a little their, – their pass offense is not expansive enough, in my opinion, um, to just carry the team. They need the Joe Mixon threat a little bit to have the play action, bootlegs, create some big pass plays. And then, you know, the, the drop-back pass game is way more effective. But we know this Chargers defense is not good. I expect Joe Mixon to be able to run the football on them, and I expect Joe Burrow to be able to pick apart their zone defense because the Chargers can't really play man-to-man either. So that's an issue for me. Other side of the ball, I certainly could see the Chargers moving the ball and the Bengals a little too. I can. But, you know, going out to Ohio, colder day, early December, that doesn't mean Chargers win to me. It just doesn't. I'm going, I'm going uh, Cincinnati 34-24. The problem with the the Chargers is that they really have been all over the place. Yeah. And I fully expected them to go to Denver and win last weekend. And this is one of those where I'm a little pissed off that they let me down last week, so I'm going to hold it against them this week, possibly to my own detriment. But I think the Bengals are the better team right now. The Bengals understand that they've got some difficult matchup down the stretch, and they have to hit that stride. They have to be the difficult matchup for everybody else on their schedule. And you're not going to – have a strong final five weeks if you stumble at home against the Chargers team you should beat. So right. I like the Bengals in this one. Let me check my score to make sure I get it right here. 30-23, to 23, the Bengals over the Chargers, covering the spread in consideration for a best bet because I think three is a little bit too light given where the Chargers currently are. I look yeah, at this way. If the Chargers lose, it's going to be by more than three uh, based upon the way they've been playing. Yeah, so, I hear uh, that. There's logic Bengals, to that for sure. Viable playoff contenders, and this is their chance to convince even more people. Yeah. That they I'll are. be disappointed Vikings. if the Bengals don't get to the playoffs. I really will. They have playoff talent on their football team. You know, I think they're coached well enough on both sides of the ball. Not that I sit there and go, "Oh wow," but if they didn't make the playoffs, that would be a disappointment for me through through what we've seen to this point of the the NFL season. Think about it: the worst team in the division last year, yeah. a team that that has a head coach who was the subject of rumors he was going to be fired. So intense that the team actually issued a statement on Black Monday saying Zach Taylor is still our coach, which doesn't happen very often. Right. So he's turned it around this year. And maybe even if they have a strong kick down the stretch and steal the division, potentially, 
Maybe he gets Coach of the Year votes. All right, the Vikings at the Lions. Minnesota trying to turn things around after a disappointing loss at San Francisco. They are seven-point favorites against the Lions team. They barely beat. They had the double-digit lead. They blew it. They needed to pull a rabbit out of their hat and or their butt to beat the Lions earlier this year. They won't have Dalvin Cook. It's Alexander Madison, 46.5 point over under. Again, the Vikings are seven-point favorites at Ford Field. Do you think the Vikings win? Do you think the Vikings cover? I'm going to pick them to win, and I am going to pick them to cover. But I don't feel, like, warm and cozy about the cover. I don't. You know, you know. again, Detroit, extra time. Minnesota can't stop the run, right? And um, Minnesota can't stop the run, and Detroit can stop the run to a degree. That's what I was trying to get to there. To me, that 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 smells like they can keep it close and hang around. Now, again, I'm going to go with Minnesota here because, yeah, I expect them to be able to run it just good enough to open up some pass plays for Kirk Cousins and company. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, yeah, Detroit will run the ball on Minnesota, certainly. I mean, Minnesota's defense is just – it's not that good. And you can run on them. But uh, you got to have make a few plays in the pass game to win these games. I mean, you got to make a few. And that's where I just go to – you know, Jared Goff and company, and I go, no, that that's not going to happen. That's the aspect that keeps them back from ever winning these close football games. They're just, you'd like your quarterback to be able to make three or four throws a game when they're there or when even when they're not there. And Jared Goff is incapable of doing that. No DeAndre Swift at tailback. So I think they hang around, and it can maybe be 17-14 with seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. But the Vikings go on a drive, put it away, 24-14 Vikings. I got 31-17 Vikings, and I don't expect it to be a wire-to-wire butt-kicking, just more of a gradual, inevitable between Justin Jefferson, the NFC's Offensive Player of the Month, Adam Thielen, Alexander Madison, who has started two games this year and has been over 100 yards rushing in each one. He's got 280-plus in his two games as a starter. So there isn't a huge drop-off from Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison. There may be a big drop-off if Madison would get injured, but that's something they need to just hope doesn't happen. But I like the Vikings in this one. They get to 6-6, six and six, then they get the Steelers, then they get the Bears. They'll be 8-6 and six going into the – I talked about this earlier – the Rams, the Packers will be 8-8 eight and eight going into the final game of the season. Do they win? Do they lose? Does it matter? Because they'll get splattered by the two-seed in the first round of the playoffs. All right. Here we go. Hashtag Purple Purgatory. The Indianapolis Colts, nine-point favorites at Houston. The Colts coming off of that win that they really thought they could pull off the victory, the upset over the Buccaneers, but it wasn't to be. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're very much alive, but they need to start putting it together. Houston, they've won a couple of games this year somehow. They, again, are nine-point underdogs at home. Uh, per- Points bet, 90 95%, excuse me, the spread money is on Indianapolis. Is your spread money on Indianapolis? Well, yeah, I'm going to think about it. It's definitely one of the games I've not marked down as best bet, you know, in that category. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think Houston has a chance of winning the football game, of course. I'm going to go Colts here 27-13. I am. You know, it just Houston, what, 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 there's nothing to look at on offense to what they can do. They can't run the ball very well. So And – there's just not enough in the pass game scheme. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, the weapons around him in the pass game, there's just not enough there for me to sit there and think, oh, well, they'll carry the workload here and make a lot of plays. I don't see that. You know? And then I think on the other side of the ball, like I respect Houston's defense. You know, they do some good things. But, you know, again, it's not super talented. 
and uh, their offense makes life hard on them. And I think the Colts' offense has got it going right now. Like, got it going. I mean, I might be even a little too light making a 27-13. But, yeah, I just look at the Colts and think, you know, their ability to run the ball and throw the ball, I mean, their running is, of course, top-notch. Their throwing the ball is is good. It's above average. It's the top half of the NFL. And from that standpoint, I look at it and just go Colts 27-13. This is just one of those where if you're the Colts and you're serious about making a run at the playoffs, you've got to make quick work of this team. You've got to prove to everyone that you you are for real. And if you're for real, you should be able to mop up the floor with the Houston Texans. So I, I agree with you. Colts win. Jonathan Taylor unleashed. Uh, I don't think we'll see another stretch of 20-plus plays without a run play. I think they're going to let Taylor go off. 24-13 to 13 is my pick. So the Colts win. The Colts cover. And uh, we'll see if either of us make it one of our best bets. The Giants at the Dolphins. The Dolphins, four-point favorites. Over-under is 40-and-a-half. That's the lowest of the week. According to points bet, Miami initially was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It moved to five when it was reported that Daniel Jones wouldn't play. It's back to four since Daniel Jones participated in practice on a limited basis with that next strain. We don't know at this point, as we're doing this, whether or not they're going to have Jones. Who do you like, regardless of whether it's Jones or Glennon? Do you think the Dolphins extend their winning streak? Yeah, great familiarity with both of these coaching staffs here. I think that's the one thing I look at. I would not be shocked if the Giants upset the Dolphins. I would not. Now, I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win the football game. But there's a few things I look at to go, we'll see how it goes. Listen, if the Dolphins dial up these all-out, all these people at the line of scrimmage type of defenses that have made them famous here, right, I would be shocked if the Giants don't have some answers for it. And – with a Kadarius Tony and, and some of the weapons they got on the outside, I think they could strike a little fear into Miami that way. So uh, I, I could see them at least having a plan and having some – not being ruined by it. I don't want to say success, but not being ruined by it. Like we saw Carolina get ruined by it. We saw the Ravens get ruined by it. So I don't think that will happen to the Giants. I don't. I think they're, they're too smartly coached on both sides of the ball. Now, and what would you say, Pete? Uh, so Kadarius Tony, he hasn't practiced this week. That scares me a little bit. Now the other side of the ball, you know, the Dolphins' offense has been better. We know that. I do think it's an easy breakdown. You've heard me say before they're running the ball a little bit better. That's good. Tua's been good, but they got a lot of moving parts on the offensive side of the ball. I like that. They've kind of gone the old like almost Rams-ish approach where it's like we're going to spread you horizontally and the speed sweeps and there goes Waddle and there goes Wilson and then we run up the middle or we throw the ball over the middle to a degree and that's kind of been their success on offense. I like that, but I think the Giants will be smart enough and be able to defend that to a degree. But I'm still going to go Dolphins here, 21-16. They're just a more talented football team and I think they're on a roll right now and I just can't imagine, I just can't, I can't take the Giants in this one. You've got the Dolphins covering the spread then by one point based on where it currently is. I got the Dolphins 24-17, and they've won four in a row. They're in this extended stretch of being at home. They don't go on the road again until the day after Christmas. They have a bye week coming up next week. These are games they can win. These are games they need to win as they try to fight their way back to 500. They started the season with a win. They lost seven in a row. Now they've won four in a row. And I think they get to five in a row and they beat the Giants, who are kind of all over the place, but more bad than good right now, especially if they don't have Jones. Or even if they have Jones and he's 
He's limited yeah, in any way. Right. Let's say he takes one weird hit because we know he ends up in the fray. He takes one weird hit, and maybe he's done for the day. So yeah, that's yeah. something to keep an eye on no as doubt. well. All right, last game in the 1 o'clock window, the Philadelphia Eagles back at MetLife Stadium for the second straight weekend. They lost to the Giants, a game they could have won. Now come the Jets. The Eagles are seven-point favorites. They have – I can't say – the Eagles have never, ever lost to the Jets. Is that right, Pete? They've never, ever, ever lost to the Jets. That is amazing to me. The Eagles have never, ever, ever, ever lost to the Jets, dating back to 1973 when they met for the first time, 11-0. and Does that go to 12-0, and Chris? Again, seven-point favorites, over under 45. Who do you like? I expect them to win. I do. I don't know how pretty it'll be. And Jalen Hurts' ankle issue scares me a little, you know, Um I do think the Jets defense can hang around this one and make, you know, the Jets put a lot of people in the line of scrimmage. It's almost always kind of an eight man front, eight people in the box, you know, and they have a little speed in the front seven to where, you know, I think they'll be able to defend the run game slash Jalen hurts, you know, run game along with that. I do. And I think it helps them the fact that, the Eagles' pass game is, is basic. I mean, it's basic. It's basically just take one-on-one shots. It's like first week of installation type of pass offense from the Eagles. So from that standpoint, I go back to the logic of then, yeah, the Jets, I think, will feel comfortable defending the pass game and be able to put that extra egg into the let's stop the run basket. Um, but the, the other side of it is, and why I can't pick the Jets, is like the way to beat the Eagles is throwing the football. You know, that's what you're going to have to do. And I just don't think the Jets are good enough at throwing the football. You know, Zach Wilson's a little all over the place. He did not play good in the first half last week. He kind of got it going in the second half. But, you know, I don't think they're good enough in that area to capitalize on some of the Eagles' weaknesses, and I don't think they're going to be able to run on the Eagles. So I'm going Eagles 24-17. I've got 27-17 Eagles win. Now, wait, you've got them right on the number, 24-17. Ooh, so let me go – let me see. what I'll do a 24-16, okay? I'll take the Eagles to cover. All right. You've got the Eagles covering. I've got the Eagles covering with 27-17. Yeah, look, the, hey, I know Jalen Hurts is a little banged up, but, but this is one, just like with the Colts at Houston, the Eagles at the Jets, given the time of year that it is, this isn't one where you let your guard down. This is one where you're finding the gas pedal if you're ever going to find it. This is when the good teams should be beating the bad teams because the good teams should be laser-focused on what is in front of them. Now, the Eagles are not quite sure whether they're good or bad, but we know they're better than the Jets. So the Any Given Sunday stuff, and I, I've never researched this. This is just kind of a pasta and meatballs gut feel. When we get down to crunch time, the teams that are playing for something. Yeah, I think When that's going real. against the teams that aren't playing for something, they have more of an edge than they yes. would have on a random Sunday in October. No doubt. Where there's a chance you're going to step into a hole. Right. So I think the, the Eagles get the win and uh, get to 12-0 all-time against the Jets. Let's take a break. When we return, we shift to late afternoon on Sunday, including the Steelers, for the first time ever, underdogs at home against the Ravens when Ben Roethlisberger is playing quarterback. We'll discuss that next on this joint podcast production of pftpm and chris sims around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat 
protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. It's PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. We shift to the late afternoon games, a handful of them. And let's start with the one that has the biggest point spread of the week. Even though the Rams have lost three in a row, they are hosting the lowly Jaguars. It's a chance for Jalen Ramsey to exact a little vengeance upon the team from which he demanded a trade. The Rams are 12.5 point favorites, 47.5 over under. Chris, do the Rams finally end? Their 0-3 slide since they went all in and traded for Vaughn Miller. Uh, yes, uh, of course. This is the week. There's no doubt that happens in my mind. You know, it's just about, you know, how, how sharp can the offense look? How explosive can they look? You know, it's a Jaguars defense that's respectable. They are. I don't think it's just going to be easy sledding, you know, but uh, I look at the Rams has got to be a little bit desperate here. There's just too much talent on the offensive side of the ball, I think, for Jacksonville to consistently slow them down. You know, I'd like to see a little bit more diversity from the Rams. In fact, of I don't want to just see drop back pass shotgun every play. We've got to get back to a little bit of the run game underneath the center, you know, play action pass a little, you know, just to give the defense something to think about. But, yeah, I think they're going to be able to move the ball. And then with Jacksonville, you know, hey, they can run the ball and maybe they can, you know, beat the Rams up that way and wear the clock down. But I just don't think Jacksonville is good enough in the pass game to where, you know, I go back to what I kind of say in these situations. The Rams will be able to, should be able to load the box and slow down that Jaguars run game and, and give that issues, let alone match up with the pass game. And if they get Trevor Lawrence and company – and third and longs, anything third and seven plus, I just think that could be disaster area. You know, I think this is the week the Rams kind of get things back on track, and I think they dominate in this win, 31-13 Rams. I got 30-17 to 17 Rams, and I agree with you on everything you're saying, although if they blow this one, if oh, they lose this one, yeah. they got serious, serious issues. Yeah. And if it's close, if it's like a 27-24 late field goal thing, I think they also have serious issues because they don't have a ridiculously easy stretch. This is the last remaining game that they should win easily. It gets back to what I was saying earlier. This is the time of year where the good teams make easy work of the bad teams. And if they can't get focused on this one, they really do have issues on both sides of the ball. So we'll see. I still have doubts about Matthew Stafford, given the extent to which he is or isn't injured. He hasn't been playing well. He's got three straight games with a pick six. He'll try to end that streak. And they get to go to Arizona next week for a showdown with the team that's currently the best in football. And uh, they can't be peeking ahead to that one. they got to take care of business against the Jaguars. Again, if they should blow this one, we really have to wonder about whether or not the Rams have lost their way. Washington has found its way, and it will be making its way to Las Vegas for a game against the Raiders. The Raiders getting some extra rest after winning the barn burner against the Cowboys. They are two-point favorites at home. 92% of the spread money is on Las Vegas. That's Usually when I see it, I think maybe, maybe I'm missing something. I'll say that the spread money is missing something because you know what? That Vikings 49ers game last weekend, all the spread money was on the Vikings and the 49ers covered. Yeah, so sure. I'm going to ignore that stat and yeah. say I like Washington. I'm going first on this one just because it kind of happened. Go ahead. I like Washington in this one. I like what Jack Del Rio knows about Derek Carr. I like that extra little chip on the shoulder he's going to have. I like the throwing the stone at the whiteboard because it's David versus Goliath every week, even if it's not really Goliath. They've, they've tripped into a good 
productive, healthy, week-in and week-out mode and mindset in Washington, and I don't see it ending this week. I, I see them upending the Las Vegas Raiders and pulling off the victory, Chris. Yeah, I, you know, this is, this is a coin flip game to me. It is. I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. I am. You know, I, I, I mean, Washington's offense, it's good. There's no doubt. You know, they're, they got some balance to them. I don't know if I feel like Taylor Heineke can make the plays he needs to just guarantee wins all the time in the pass game. You know, yeah, he's going to make a few good plays here and there, like I like we talked about Tuesday morning a little. He'll make a few good plays, definitely, a few plays that we'll put on a highlight reel. But for every one of those, I could show you two plays and go, here's a power throw that should be a 20-yard gain, and he didn't make it, or he didn't want to throw it because he went with something easy. So that's where I struggle with Taylor Heineke a little bit. You know, I don't know. And the Raiders, they're pretty sound on the defensive side of the ball. I, I don't know if I think Washington has the formula to expose that defense and that scheme. I guess that's what worries me a little bit. And the Raiders' offense, you know, can run the ball a little bit. Washington's defensive line is not the same right now. It's not. You know, there's no Montez Sweat. Deron Payne still not back, right? You know, of course, no Chase Young. I just look at the Raiders. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And with Deshaun Jackson, they've they figured out how to implement him and stretch the defense out a little bit to where I think they're going to be able to pick apart the, the uh, Washington football team in the past game. I do. Uh, I'm going to go Raiders here in the upset, 23-20. Or not the upset, but 23-20 at home. I got 23-20 the other way, and I'm glad you mentioned Deshaun Jackson because Washington is one of his former teams, one right. of his various former teams. Right. So he may, he may have a little something there, but I just – look, I, I'm, I'm buying You're what buying Washington, Washington. Yes. is selling right now, and we'll see. We'll see. Right. They, they may be one of the teams I'm pissed off at next week, frankly. Is that our for first disagreement? When I believed. That's the first one of the week. Jeez. So – we're going to need more if you're going to close that 10-game gap. By the way, did I mention there's a 10-game gap? I'm not worried about that anymore. You can have that. Why I'm not? going to get you in the spread and best bets. You've conceded. I've gotten the phone call from the failed candidate. All right. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm just trying to win the Stop other two. Stop the count. If the third happens. Stop the count. <laughs> yep. Yep. Stop the count. All right. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Baltimore. That's amazing still, that line right there. Stop the count. Don't uh, don't count any more of the votes because I'm winning now, so stop, America. Uh, that's hilarious. Four and a half. Let's go. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, yeah, as Pete says, it, it, it actually was the other way when he tweeted. So I was like, fine, we'll stop the count. It's over. It's done. You've lost. Four and a half point favorites are the Ravens at Pittsburgh. 44 over under. The Steelers struggling. The Ravens struggled to a victory on Sunday night. Do they get the win in Pittsburgh? Do they cover the four-and-a-half-point spread against Ben Roethlisberger in what likely would be the last time Roethlisberger faces the Ravens at home? Yeah, it will be the last time he faces the Ravens at home. I'll guarantee that right now. It's it's Dunsky. Dunsky, Dunsky, Dunsky. Ravens offense been struggling lately. We know that. I mean, I think this is the worst formula ever for Pittsburgh, really. They got the Ravens, who still won, but are going to be pissed off by the way they played. Like, that's, that's not good. And the Steelers are going the wrong direction. Steelers aren't going to be able to run the ball on Baltimore. They're not. And then again, with the inability to run, well, I mean, of course I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger in the pass game right now. They're, they're not schematically creative enough. And, you know, it just comes down to will they get a one-on-one -on -one shot so Big Ben can throw it up to Chase Claypool or throw a slant to Deontay Johnson and hope he makes yards after the catch? I just don't see that happening. And the Steelers' defense is just not good, period. 
Like, I, I, don't, I don't think I can overemphasize the absolute ass-whooping the Steelers received last week by the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, ass-whooping. They had no chance of stopping them on any drive. It didn't matter. The game just got no competitive, so they non-competitive, so they called the dogs off. But, I mean, the way the Chargers moved the ball on the Steelers the week before, you know, the Lions had enough success. The Bears and that offense moved the ball up and down the field on the Steelers in the second half. No, like I said, Steelers are done. They're not going to the playoffs. Ravens 27-16. I, I still think that this – and this is one where I've struggled with because I feel, like Mike Tomlin, Steelers. <laughs> I feel like Mike Tomlin, one of the great coaches in the NFL, yeah. is, is using the ultimate Jedi mind trick. Instead of being mad, he's just kind of disappointed. He's sad. You've let me down. You've changed. I don't know what's become of the black and gold. Now, they don't have T.J. Watt this weekend, which is going to make the – deficit potentially insurmountable but they had a spirited practice on wednesday they are trying to figure it out i'm gonna go half and half on this i'm gonna go ravens to win but not to cover every other time the ravens have been favored in the past 20 years against the steelers they've ultimately won by three points so i'm gonna pick the ravens to win by three points 27 24 ravens win close game good game but not good enough for the Steelers, who will be one step closer to done from five, three, and one to five, or no, five and three to five, six and one yes, is what their record it. will be. Right. They have really fallen apart, and it's going to be tough for them down the stretch. They do not have an easy way of it. All right. Uh, next game on the docket is the San Francisco 49ers at the. Seattle Seahawks, 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 46. 97% of the spread money is on San Francisco. The Seahawks have not looked good. The 49ers are surging. Can the Seahawks – this is kind of like uh, the the mirror image of the Ravens-Steelers. Like, this is the NFC West version. Yeah, you're right. The Seahawks right. are down. They're falling apart. Can yep. they muster the pride – and the will, and will it matter against a team that's playing as well as the 49ers right now? You know, I, I think they'll muster the pride and the will. I just don't think it's really going to matter. I don't. I just don't see enough to say, oh, okay, they'll make it happen. I mean, the only positives the Seahawks have is it's hard to score touchdowns on them. So that's one thing for sure. You know, And then, yeah, they got Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Lockett, but none of them are hitting all systems go right now. I mean, we know Russell Wilson's not. They can't even get the ball to DK Metcalf. They're an embarrassment that way. An embarrassment. Um, and, you know, the one thing I guess that gives me just a slight bit of trepidation as far as how much the 49ers win by is, yeah, no Debo Samuel. I mean, that stinks. No Fred Warner. You know, no Dre Greenlaw. I mean, they looked like last week with their defense healthy and everything there. You went, uh-oh, watch out. Here come the Niners. You know, again, and we got to remember, you know, uh, two of the Vikings touchdowns. One was on a short field from a Jimmy G interception. Another touchdown was a hundred yard kick return. So the defense has got it going. Shanahan's got it going. I, I still think they win and I'm going to pick them to cover the spread. I just think it'll be ugly. I'm going to say 27, 17 49ers. I've got the 49ers in this one, 20 to 13, low scoring, ugly, close, hard fought. But at the end of the day, the Seahawks aren't going to be able to score enough points. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been there. We've done that. We've talked it through. The Seahawks offensively are done, and it's not something you're going to fix on a short week flying back from Washington after that pathetic performance they had. 
I'm not even getting that vibe, that hubris, no. that delusion no. of, hey, we can win every game and go nine and eight. They know. They know it's done. They know where it stands. I think you're right. And, I think uh, you're right, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, if I'm the Seahawks, I, you know, you know what I want to say? Fuck your run game. Fucking throw the ball every fucking play. Okay? That's what I want to say. Stop with the bullshit negative one run, one yard run. Oh, we're the Seahawks. It's 2013 all over again. You're nothing of that. Throw the damn ball. Let Russell get into a rhythm, and then maybe he can make plays for you down the stretch. But stop this, like, 1985 style of football. Your team's not built for that. Move on. But I also will say this, as we talked earlier today on PFT Live, every once in a while on third and short, maybe sure, do, do something, something the curveball. defense isn't expecting. Right, right. Yeah. Curveball is fine. Yes, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. But, I mean, do they have anything else in the offense? Is there a, a receiver screen? Is there a jet sweep? Is there a reverse? Is there anything in the offense other than you guys run straight or we'll run it up the middle? I mean, is there anything? It's, it's pitiful. You're absolutely right, though. They have DK Metcalf, who's one of the great weapons in all of football. And you look at how the 49ers use Debo Samuel. What, what, what is the deal here? I mean, is this, like, so ultra old school by Pete Carroll that he refuses to embrace what could revolutionize his offense? I've, I've seen, putting DK Metcalf like in different spots? Yeah. It's, I'd love to know the conversation between Shane Waldron and Pete Carroll when Shane says, I've got these ideas, and Pete says, nah. That's not how we do things. If that's what's happening. Right. I'd just love to know right. where the short circuits are that are leading to this offense that we're seeing because I don't think we expected it, and it just leads to, I think, the inevitable divorce between the team and Russell Wilson or the team and Pete Carroll, if that's the only One way to keep Russell around. Yep. Let's take a break. The primetime games, including a long-awaited duel between the Bills and the Patriots for supremacy in the AFC East. We'll do that next here on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. It's PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. We have reached the point in the program where Chris, while taking shots at me, yes. provides you with some information about Under Armour. No doubt about it. I can't wait to take some shots, Ryan. We are supported by Under Armour. And as in we, I mean me, not really Mike Floria. And just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge, right? Listen to Florio. He'll give you a little bit more of an edge than me, for sure. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes like my Steph Curry's that I got that give you insane grip. They even make hoodies that reflect energy. I wish I could get one of those and reflect Florio out of my life. We're not just about the end result, winning or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way is through. Like that one? Is we that, must protect this house. We must well protect done. this house. Thank you. Good. I like to take shots at you in there. I know you, you know it's not I, personal. I know, I know you do. That's right. fine. I know. We've been yeah. doing this for four and a half years. If we were ever going to have any issues, we would have had them 
by, by now. now. You're right. <laughs> You're now watch. We'll get into some big Now fight we'll get divorced and we won't like each other. I won't Give want me to the hell speak out of to you here. ever again. <laughs> here we go. Broncos at the Chiefs, the game that was flexed into Sunday night by the National Football League. The Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 47. The Broncos have lost 11 straight to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are coming out of their bye, and we know how good Andy Reid is coming out of the bye. And the Chiefs see the opening. They see the opportunity. They see the one seed smiling at them. Do the Chiefs win? Do the Chiefs cover, Chris? I I, I do think they win. There's no doubt about that. You know, I guess I'm a little scared as far as what it comes down to the cover aspect of it. Nine and a half is a little much for me. You know, we've seen Vic Fangio give this Chiefs offense some issues. I mean, Fangio, to me, is one of the masters in football of breaking down pass defenses. That's where he's great. Let alone he's got, you know, I, like I said earlier today, a secondary that can back it up with his coaching. You know, two really good safeties. They got three good cover corners. Sertain's looking like a superstar out there. So I think between scheme and players, I could see them giving the, the Chiefs some issues. Now, will the Chiefs stay patient with the run? They've gotten the run game going here as of late to where you got to respect it, and that is an issue with the Broncos' defense. I guess I just want to see that a little bit more before I believe they can just blow a team out like the Denver Broncos. And I guess the other aspect is this, Mike, and you heard me say this on the show today. Chiefs' defense has been very good. I mean, it really has. I mean, what they did to the Cowboys, right, that was impressive. I know Aaron Rodgers and company, you know, it's not that great, but what they did to the Raiders, it's a solid offense. You know, that, that's, that, that's a, it's a good showing. They're aggressive. They're in your face. They're all about kind of crowding the line of scrimmage, getting in your face and coverage. But I think that can be scary a little bit with the Denver Broncos. They got some weapons at wide receiver to where I think they could maybe beat some of these you know, corners one-on-one down the field. To me, it's just, can Teddy get it there? Can Teddy be aggressive? Or is he going to be too worried about being blamed for the loss and play the politics of the position? That's what bothers me about Teddy sometimes. You know, yeah, he'll, he'll step on the pedal once they're down by 14 or 20 in the fourth quarter, but it's too late then. Now, he's the king of that. If he's willing to be aggressive early on, I think they can hang around. I'm going to take Chiefs 24-17. And, and when they played the Packers, Aaron Rodgers didn't play. That's that what I meant to say. Love, I know. Sorry. Yeah. But, didn't spit it out. But right. they held them to seven points, and they have been playing better defensively. Yes. It was historically bad earlier in the year. Yeah. I can see the Broncos. Look, this is their chance. This is their visit to primetime. And they're, they're not there because of the Broncos. They're there because of the Chiefs, yeah. frankly. Remember that from three years ago when – Kirk Cousins was trying to get the Vikings yeah, yeah. fired up against the Bears. We're there in primetime because of us. No, 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 and uh, no. And they're definitely not there because of the Broncos, but this is their chance, and I could see them ba- maybe being a little more aggressive offensively. I got 31-21. I just think that it's going to be harder and harder to shut down this Chiefs offense. They've had more time to work on it. I'd like to think they spent the last two weeks self-diagnosing and I pushing felt. for ways to get better and working and working and getting ready for this this stretch run that really does have the top seed in reasonable grasp for the Chiefs. So I, I got 31-21 Chiefs win. Monday Night Football, Ooh, baby. very compelling. We've been waiting for this one for a while. They play twice in the month of December. It is New England at Buffalo. The Bills, three-point favorites at home, over under of 43. The Patriots have won six in a row by the – Margin of 211 to 63 in those six games. That's about 35 to 10 per game on average. Do the Patriots get to seven in a row on Monday night, Chris? 
This is going to be awesome. I mean, it's the game of the weekend for sure, in my opinion. You know, and two, it's, you know, Brian Dayball, who came from New England, you know, of course, and that is is a added matchup to that. McDermott's got a little bit of that edge about him to where, you know, he loved dethroning the Patriots last year. He wants to stay on top of the throne there. You know, they got Josh Allen and company. Their defense is very special. But, like, these are the games I, I worry about their defense a little bit. You, you've heard me say this before. Like, the Colts game, the Titans game, when I look at those games, the one thing they have in common there, right, and I'm not counting Jacksonville. That was a weird game as well, you know, and there's whole different issues there. But, like, when the, when the Bills have to, oh, no, we might get overpowered in the run game because we're not quite big enough up front, and they have to stop all that. Hey, listen, they can stop it. They can. But not against teams, in my opinion, like the Colts or the Titans or the Patriots, where there's a good enough passing game to go, wait, you're going to try to do all of that to stop the run. You know, we're good enough to throw the ball to get yards here against these looks. We're not going to be like stupid and just still run the ball against you. So that's where I look at it, and I think Buffalo's D is a little bit in a mismatch situation, especially no with, with no Tredavious White. And then, you know, the Bills on the other side of the ball, yeah, Dayball's going to have knowledge of the Belichick defense. I get that. But they can't run the ball. It's just too one-sided. And to me, when it's that one-sided against New England, and I think New England's defense will probably be pissed off with the way they defended the run last week. You know, they're going to want the thrown back. They got a J.C. Jackson, who I think is as good as any corner in football, who can match up against Diggs and company. I'm going Pats. I know Josh Allen will make a few plays and make this interesting. I'm going Pats 23-20. I got 27-23 for all the same reasons that you are expressing. One thing you said a few weeks ago that resonated with me, the Patriots' defense this year has the flexibility to match up with whatever offense they face. Right. So they can take away what the other team does best. And the problem with the Bills, they're one-dimensional. That's they right. don't run the ball well. Yep. So take away the pass, dare them to run. They're not going to run, and they're not going to score enough points to overcome that very methodical, mechanical, make a play here, make a play there, otherwise just kind of grind it out Patriots offense with Mac Jones, basically a, a video game character out there robotic but running the offense the yeah. way that Josh McDaniels wants it to be run yep. the multiple options at tailback I, I think that this is one where we would have said in September this one's going to go very differently right I, I would have thought in September this is going to be a slaughter I think it's going to be the Patriots you know a game that's going to be close a game that could go either way but this is one where Bill Belichick proves why he's Bill Belichick and he wins a game 27-23 yeah I, I I agree with you there I mean hey listen I know I know there's the goat down there in, in Tampa, but the the shepherd's pretty damn good too, all right? And that's what we got. I mean, Belichick's amazing. I don't know what else to say. The way he's rebuilt this team in one year, a quarterback like this, they've just gotten better and better, and I know we've said it a lot. It just, damn, if it doesn't seem like 2001 all over again, then I don't know anything. I just, it's... I just uh, – I'm amazed by them. I really am. And you know what? I, I, I find myself now, like, rooting for them on a weekly basis because it's just kind of cool to see the what they're doing and how they're playing. Um, I just have so much respect for Belichick. This may be a case of Chris Sims' accidental scholar because the goat would want to leave the shepherd because the shepherd has a bunch of sheep. The goat herder 
is the one that would want to you're right manage the goat okay so. okay so i They're need to have a animals. he needs to be a herder he needs to be a goat herder right okay sorry that's what bruce arians <laughs> apparently is is a goat herder and uh right, damn that's not an accidental best scholar bets. that's accidental idiot right and there false prison blues <laughs> when pftpm and chris sims unbutton continue right after this Wrapping up the Week 13 Megapix podcast, PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. By the way, Chris wanted me to point out that Deron Payne of the Washington football team is not injured. It is Montez Sweat who is on injured reserve, so they will have Deron Payne. Chris looked that up during the break. Maybe he's thinking about making the Raiders a best bet. I don't know. Now's the time where we do our best bets for the week. Chris, you're up first. All right. Well, I'm going with the Bucks. I am. I just think they're in another class than the Atlanta Falcons. I, I do. And... You know, I just offense, I think, is rolling. I don't think there's enough there to make Brady feel uncomfortable from the Atlanta defense. And, you know, the other side of it, I, I just don't think there's enough there on Atlanta's offense either. I think what concerns me more than anything is just getting overwhelmed up front. We've seen that a few times this year with Atlanta's offensive line. We saw it in New England a few weeks ago where they just they have no chance. And I think that's what worries me. And I got the Bucks winning 34-13, so I'm going with them. If this was in Tampa, I'd say yes, but I can't trust the Bucks to be a double-digit winner on the road, yeah, I, so you. I'm not going that way. I, I will go with the Bengals. Ooh. Not the Bengals, but the Bengals. Given three to the Chargers, it may as well be pick them. If the Bengals win, they're going to win by more than three. That, I like the logic there. I, like, right? I know what you mean. You're right. If they're going to win, they're going to win by more than three. I, I do understand yeah. what you're saying there. I thought about the same thing. I, I mean – when you said that before, I was like, ding, ding, ding. I was like, you're right. I mean, it's not going to be – I just – if they win, it's going to be by more than three. I would sh be shocked if they're down and have to do something like that and win by one point or whatever. So is that your next one? No, it's not. I don't trust right, it enough. I just don't – I need to see a little more from the Bengals' defense to where I can feel comfortable to pick them. I worry about the Chargers moving the ball too much. Colts over the Texans. Colts over the Texans. I'm going you like the with big it. spreads. I know I'm going with them. I'm riding the numbers. The numbers are high for a reason. I like to be high and let's go, baby. Here and we go, Colts tonight. <laughs> Dolphins giving four to the Giants. I, I I think they're better than the Giants. I understand the coaching matchups and whatnot. We don't know whether it's going to be Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon. Dolphins are hot right now. Dolphins giving four to the Giants. Yeah, I got you. I Yep, uh, I, I see your logic there, too, and they are better, plain and simple. All right, that next one is I'm going with the Ravens. I am. I am. I'm, I'm not going to be, like, fooled by the Ravens' struggles last week. I think Lamar bounces back. He'll be on fire. The Steelers' defense is no good, and I got no faith in Big Ben in the offense. They're not going to be able to rely on Najee Harris to run the ball. Ravens, 27-16. So you've picked three road favorites as best bets. Yes, I have. Yes, I've I got have. two home favorites and one road dog in the new england patriots getting three against the bills because i just think the patriots are going to win yeah uh, getting three getting three give three i don't care i think yeah. the patriots are going to win the game so yeah. uh, i'll take that one all right Folsom prison blues the one game that we would pick if we were laying dying not dead in the gutter because we wouldn't be able to pick it. the texans are rams. playing the texans the are playing so i'm playing the, the colts i got the rams you're going to the rams got you i'm yep what do you got I'm going Colts over Texans. That's it. See ya. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.